sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here in this second hour of the morning after on a Tuesday. Plenty around Major League Baseball coming your way and in store in this second hour. A preview of a full Tuesday slate around the bigs multiple times in this second hour now just one week away from the MLB trade deadline teams trying to pick up some wins to know if they're going to invest all in this season and maybe be buyers at the deadline instead of sellers a big day around the National Football League training camp reports all around the league by tomorrow when the Pittsburgh Steelers join the fold all 32 clubs will have already reported true training camp and we're on to the second matches of group play at the women's world cup in 2023 down under in australia and new zealand and one of those host nations underway already early in these tuesday morning hours new zealand after pulling the upset over norway was upset themselves by the Philippine, Philippines, excuse me, very early on this Tuesday morning. Speaking of the Norwegians, who were favored to win Group A, the 12th best team in the world, according to the FIFA rankings. Well, they're on the brink of not even advancing to the knockout round. Norway, a draw with Switzerland. So the Norwegians were the favorites entering this tournament to win Group A. They're not even listed anymore. The Swiss, minus 280 to win Group A at this moment as we go through all the groups that you will see outside of that a lot of chalk pretty much across the board outside of group f brazil has looked sensational to start they're now the odds on favorites at minus 160 the french entered as an odds on favorite take a look at group e the americans were a greater than three dollar favorite still nearly a three dollar favorite it's minus 280 for the united states women's national team maybe because it wasn't all of that impressive of a performance in the opener for the americans against the vietnamese they were favored by six goals they only won by three three nil so now it's just minus 280 for team usa but do not fear the united states still the favorites to win the women's world cup in 2023 of course the americans the two-time defending champions at the world cup victorious in 2015 and in 2019 plus 240 for team usa but now less than a dollar in front of the spaniards they were more than two dollars in front of spain before the tournament got underway last week it's now a plus 320 price on the Spanish side England rounds out the top three a six to one number team USA their second match at the women's world cup is a rematch of the uh, championship that we saw in 2019 between the Dutch and the Americans that's tomorrow scheduled kick time 9 p.m. Eastern time here stateside team USA a match money line favorite minus 150 for a draw it is plus two 
250. Don't forget, as you start to bet in the Women's World Cup, if you look at the regular match money line, it's a 90-minute regulation time bet, of course, that includes stoppage time, so a couple of extra minutes. It does not matter, though, the result if they were, in fact, to go, of course, it's not overtime until we get to the knockout round a big time in the world of soccer as we'll break down up next here as we welcome in our sports grid radio audience our number two of the morning after live right here on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well i am ben stevens you probably saw this on social media yesterday a record offer from saudi club all halal for killian Mbappe. They have offered him virtually what is a one-year, $1.1 billion contract. More than $330 million to PSG. Mbappe's current club, he's having some issues with PSG, has already reportedly signed a new contract with Real Madrid that will get underway next summer and more than $770 million in a one year salary all to the tune of 1.1 billion dollars to put that into perspective as you see on your screen Mbappe would make more in just one year of salary than LeBron has made the entirety of his NBA career LeBron joked about it on Twitter or X or whatever we call it nowadays last night more than Patrick Mahomes 10-year contract extension that runs runs through 2031 that is for Killian Mbappe we'll see what Mbappe decides to do the young French striker currently with PSG for the upcoming year but reportedly on the outs already looking forward to a transfer to Real Madrid next summer and just because it is the summer doesn't mean we can't talk some college basketball a big news update yesterday in the world of men's college hoops to the blue bloods in the sport Kansas and North Carolina have agreed to a home-in-home contract to play each other in 2024 and in 2025. First, in November of 2024, in Lawrence at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Then, the following November, 2025, at the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill. It would be the first time Kansas ever travels to play UNC inside Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And as we look forward to this upcoming year, the Kansas Jayhawks booked as the favorites to win a national championship right now the shortest price 10 to 1 hunter dickinson now plays for ku but north carolina has a lot of familiar faces back in chapel hill including armando baycott a 30 to 1 price on unc around major league baseball up next on tmn sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com the daily base around major league baseball we go live right here on the morning after on sports grid craig mish our mlb insider the host of newswire that starts at 11 a.m eastern time joins us live right here on this tuesday on tma craig some teams have a day off on a monday but for this tuesday slate around the bigs it is full it is robust it is also important because it starts the second to last series for most teams around mlb before the trade deadline line just one week from today a significant moment this season in 2023 in major league baseball 
There's no doubt, Ben. Right now, I, you know, as it stands, I still think there's a lot of uncertainty in the phone calls that I'm having and the texts that I'm making. It feels like, Ben, uh, you know, more than 20 teams still feel like they have a shot at this thing. So there's not a lot of buying and not a lot of selling. I, I don't know if anything is really going to change between now and the first, but it does seem like yeah, this yeah. is a very slow trickle right to the trade deadline and obviously as we wait to see what happens with Shohei Otani I think most people are waiting to see if he's going to get dealt or not and then once we know maybe things will open up yeah. a little bit but I just don't recall a season Ben where you know 20 21 22 teams still feel like they have a chance at qualifying for the postseason yeah. That extra playoff spot, hugely important. As for the Halos, Craig, they're a great representation of what can happen in the two weeks until the deadline. It seemed like the Halos were going to sell Otani or at least maybe be sellers at the deadline. They've rattled off some wins. They're now two games above 500 in the yeah. fight for a playoff spot, a wild card position within the American League. So these next two series on your schedule, if they're winnable, might give you a shot to hover above 500 and maybe be even more in the thick of postseason contention. Craig, great job on the DFS slate yesterday, my friend. Christian Yelich, the walk-off RBI single for the Milwaukee Brewers. Craig highlighted him for the Monday slate around Major League Baseball. As we look at the central clash between the Reds and the Brewers in Milwaukee, Craig, it's been the same story all year long. Despite it being the opening game and the final set between these two, the Brewers have had the Reds number, Craig. Now nine of the 11 games this year have gone the way of Milwaukee. Yeah, and look, I think just having the experience late in the season has to be helping the Brewers with things for sure. Really good pitching matchup as it turned out to be yesterday. But look, yeah. I mean, at some point, it probably does get in the head a little bit of the Reds. Can we actually beat Milwaukee in a series? They've been unable to do it this year. Uh, they're going to have to win today or tomorrow in order to sort of get things going back again. But look, I mean, it, it's really hard to look at it if you're a Reds fan, Ben, or even if you're in the Reds yeah. organization and be upset with the way that the season has gone if it goes this way yeah. and Milwaukee inevitably ends up taking it. But what I think has worked in the Reds' favor over the last week or so is the Giants losing a lot and the Marlins losing a lot and the Phillies losing a lot. And the Reds have propelled themselves in a position to be in that wildcard conversation too. So all is not lost, even if they fall out of the division yeah. race. It's a really good point, Craig. They are now a game and a half back of Milwaukee in the Central for most of this year, whether it was the NL or the AL. When you looked at the Central Division, we all said, all right, whoever wins the division, that's the only team making it to the playoffs in either league. Right now, the Reds hold a half-game lead for the top wildcard spot in the National League as well. The Brew Crew, a minus-175 favorite to win the NL Central title at this moment. More than a dollar-and-a-half favorite with Corbin Burns on the bump for the Brewers today. Another divisional tussle in Texas between the Rangers and the Astros and another walk-off winner for the home team. Yep. The Astros walking off a 10-9 victory over the Rangers yesterday. Houston has won five of their last six. They cut into Texas's divisional lead. Now only a two-game advantage for the Rangers. Craig, what was your takeaway from the opening game of this set between the Astros and the Rangers yesterday in Houston? Yeah, look, the, the, the Astros are still very impressive. It seems like they show up for all of these big games. The other thing that I would yeah. say is they posted 10 yesterday on Texas's pitching, 
And, you know, they're doing it. And I know Jordan Alvarez will be back soon, but they're doing it without Alvarez. They're doing it without Altuve. And they're doing it without really good starting pitching. Uh, you know, the Astros are another one of those really compelling teams coming up in a week or so to see what they end up doing. So I am very impressed with the way that the Astros have been able to navigate this season. Remember, one of their great postseason pitchers last year, not named Framber Valdez, was Luis Garcia. This guy has been out for the season. It's it's a very impressive organization, Ben. There's no way to to make anything about it, and you wonder what they have up their sleeve coming up next week. Certainly, you would think they'd go in on some frontline starting pitching ahead of that MLB trade deadline. The Rangers still hold a two-game advantage for the division, currently a minus-125 favorite, but the odds growing ever so short and even money price now on the Astros. Craig, two of these teams, of course, from the American League West, two of the three best prices to win the AL pennant, two of the five best numbers to win the World Series. Houston, the fourth best price, plus 850. The Rangers now that fifth best number at 10 to 1. When we look at what the World Series might mean for divisions around the league, Craig, we look at these numbers right here, right now. The American League East still paves the way because you have the Rays despite their struggles and the Baltimore Orioles the best team right now in the American League then he, the NL East has Atlanta the NL West has Los Angeles that being the Dodgers and maybe the Giants and the D-backs as wild card contenders as well the NL East obviously with the Phillies and maybe even the Marlins but Craig the American League West as we just said the Rangers and the Astros so if you looked at a division who are you having the most confidence in at this point I mean, it would be a combination of, of really four. I mean, it's it's like not giving you a great opinion there, but like yeah. you could see the Braves coming out of it. You could see the Astros coming out of it. You could see the Dodgers coming out of it. Uh, you know, the, the East also has Philadelphia, so that would be, give you a second team potentially there. Like, I, I don't view anyone outside of the Dodgers being a World Series contender, so maybe that would be the one at plus 290 that I would pass on. It would be the Dodgers or nothing. But I think the AL East has multiple teams, and I think the NL East, Ben, has multiple teams there. Even if Texas was to make the postseason, and I think they will, they've been a great story, the way that they're constructed yeah. right now is a very good team. I don't see them winning the World Series. So for me, it'd be one of those AL Easts or NL East. Remember, I've been very bullish on Baltimore. Tampa Bay is still yeah. there. Toronto is still there as well. And who knows? Ben, maybe Aaron Judge comes back and the Yankees all of a sudden win 10 in a row. You never know. Craig, that's the way to think about it as well. Do you have multiple teams within the division that are true pennant and World Series contenders? Speaking of those Yankees, no Aaron Judge tonight in the opener of a two-game Subway Series between the Mets and the Yanks, this time for the second time this year, but now at Yankee Stadium up in the Bronx. On paper, Craig, this always is going to be met with some hype, but as we look at these two teams, the Yankees struggling just six games above 500, the Mets seven games below 500. Craig, what is the excitement level like around baseball for the Subway Series at Yankee Stadium? I don't know, Ben. I'm more excited for the Citrus Series between Miami and Tampa Bay. I'm going to St. Petersburg to see the Citrus Series. It's the rivalry week in baseball. That'll be fun. I got to get in the car after my show today. Uh, look, I mean, it doesn't have the same luster, let's be honest. Neither team has played particularly well. Uh, I, I, I definitely am most interested to see how Justin Verlander pitches, and we'll talk about him coming up. But naturally for me, Ben, he is the one commodity – that you would think if the Mets were smart and they're out of this thing. I mean, Verlander, Ben, is pitching 
like a World Series pitcher again right now. He has for the past few weeks. I don't know what will happen next month, next year, but is Verlander at least pitching himself into a position maybe to go back to Houston or go somewhere else to Mm. pitch for a World Series again? I mean, he's got a full no trade. I don't know if he'll accept it, but I think that's the one to watch tonight. And so let's look at Verlander in the DFS slate and the picks that we have for this Tuesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just take Verlander tonight. It's really simple. The Yankees aren't hitting, and Verlander's under 10,000, and, and I like him better than the pitchers that are over 10,000 tonight. Uh, St. Louis at this point, they're just throwing caution to the wind. Steven Matt starts. He's a left-handed pitcher. Christian Walker, homers again tonight. Boom. DFS slate. There it is. 4-8 Tuesday. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Are you ready for football? Well, you should be because most teams around the National Football League show up to training camp on this Tuesday. Everybody reports to camp by end of day tomorrow on a Wednesday. And then a week following that, yes, a week from Thursday, it's the first preseason game of the year in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame game between the Jets and the Browns. So to get you ready for football, to make you a band on the gridiron, it is Chantel Chan joining us here on this Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Chantel, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for being here and talking some football with us. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Almost close to being football season, so really excited. And how excited exactly are you, Chantel? Because a week from Thursday, nine days from today, the first live football game of the year in Canton. It's the Hall of Fame game between the Jets and the Browns. The Jets have been in training camp for near a week now with Aaron Rodgers about to enter year number 19 in the National Football League. The Browns joined them, sending their veterans to camp a week ago on Friday as well, Chantel. So these two teams have been rearing and getting ready to go. We look at the hall of fame game numbers now a one and a half point spread a total of 33 and a half so Chantel, tell us how excited are you for football does it even include a handicap for the hall of fame game in canton a week from thursday of course it does. I know it's a preseason game, but I think the storylines for this game are actually immaculate. You talked about Aaron Rodgers and his 19th season. I mean, being with the Jets, people are already talking about how they could possibly be Super Bowl bound. He also has some of his former targets on that squad as well with Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. And then you got some of his new targets as well. What is Brees Hall going to be looking like after that brutal injury that he has? You know, we've seen some footage already with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson as well so that's going to be really fun to watch and then you look at the fact of the Browns and all the questions that they have coming into this one Deshaun Watson he's going to be playing a full season last year in those six games that we saw him play struggled in four of them and then the last two of them he kind of looked a little bit normal I think he had like five touchdowns and two interceptions but there's a lot of pressure because he's got that fully guaranteed contract so really excited to see what we're going to see in this game I think Cleveland is going to be getting it done against the Jets because they're also going to kind of have that home field advantage with it being in Canton but you know Jets fans also are going to show up to this one but I think that's how this game might go 
We'll handicap the Hall of Fame game next week for you. Do not worry about that, what all the trends have to say. The storylines are there. We probably won't see Aaron Rodgers on the field, nor Deshaun Watson, <laughs> but still, it's football, and we love that. And Chantel, there's a phenomenon that's been going on around the National Football League for the past two decades. In 18 of the last 20 years in the NFL, at least one team that finished last in their division the year prior has gone on to win the the divisional title that following season the Jets seem like a prime candidate to do that this year with Aaron Rodgers now playing quarterback for Gang Green in fact New York the second best price to win their division in the AFC East only behind the Buffalo Bills a plus 250 price so a strong trend Chantel 18 of the last 20 years it's happened at least once in that season will the trend continue into 2023 I think it's definitely going to continue. So you mentioned the Jets, and I kind of just kind of gave you a little bit of a breakdown how that could look like because everyone's talking how they could possibly be Super Bowl bound. And then also I mentioned the Browns because I think they have a lot of potential as well, especially when you take a look at how they've also improved. They also uh, added Zazarius Smith onto that D-line, yep. uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. They look a little bit better as well in the secondary, adding Thornhill. So I really like that Browns group as well. But I actually think the Atlanta Falcons of the NFC south have the best chance and you saw the odds there at plus 210 and that's because that division is wide open tom brady is up and out of there the tampa bay bucks we don't really know how they're gonna look like baker mayfield is gonna be the starting quarterback to start off the season but is that later gonna be pushed over to kyle trask possibly <laughs> and then you also take a look at uh the other teams in the division uh you know Derek carr with the new orleans saints how is that gonna be looking and then you also got the stud from alabama with the carolina panthers as well and and I think the Atlanta Falcons kind of have the best chance in this one because they drafted a guy named Bijan Robinson. They're going to use him like a workhorse all season long. And I think he's going to be the standout rookie of the year, to be honest with you. And then I also want to see what Desmond Ritter does. I think he has some potential. Are they going to be able to finally unlock a guy like Kyle Pitts? I feel like they weren't able to do it last year. There's a lot of talent on this Falcons team. Will they be able to get it done? I think because that division is wide open, they have a really good chance it's really interesting when you look at the nfc south Chantel, if you didn't make the point i was going to the buccaneers won the division of course with a losing record last year eight and nine tom brady no longer there the buccaneers a win total of six and a half the under has the juice they have the longest price to win the nfc south it is not expected to be the best division in all of football but depending on how you categorize it Chantel, and i wonder what it would mean for this trend the bucks won the division at eight and nine the saints falcons panthers all finished in either a tie for last or a tie for second in 2022 all three of those teams at seven and ten so the panthers saints or falcons win the division maybe it was somebody going last to first again in 2023 all right as we go around the national football league and we get ready for training camp making their way to camp Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Week number one for the flock. They host the Houston Texans. And Chantel, I'm not going to ask for the specific game breakdown, but the largest spread of the entirety of the week one slate is in favor of Baltimore. It's nine and a half as the Ravens host the Texans to open up the year. It is expected to be a win for Baltimore, Chantel, but could they possibly cover nearly a double-digit spread? 
Yeah, I think it is possible. When you take a look, though, at the Ravens, though, John Harborough always has his team so prepared. So I think the Ravens obviously are a favorite for a reason. Are we going to see some of the starters in this game? Possibly not. But at the same time, when you take a look at the Houston Texans, I'm sure we're going to see a guy like C.J. Stroud out there trying to, you know, get his foot in the door and really kind of get a rhythm, of course. And we want to see how he does as a rookie. And D'Amico Ryans as well. He's a new head coach in this league. And coming into this season we want to know if he's going to be able to turn around this Texans defense will it happen quickly I'm not sure but when you just take a look at the rosters the Ravens actually have a chance to really do damage on the Houston Texans in this game and I think they're going to be doing that in this uh, week one preseason game Baltimore right now a win total of 10 and a half for 2023 the under a slight bit of juice the Ravens tied for the fourth best price to win an AFC championship alongside the Jets at 10 to 1. It was a tumultuous offseason of sorts, Chantel, for the flock. The idea, would they bring back Lamar Jackson under the franchise tag? Would Lamar force his way out? Or would they agree to a new long-term contract extension? It was the latter, a five-year deal worth more than $51 million a year for Lamar Jackson. And now, a new offensive coordinator for Baltimore as well. Todd Munkin, who was the OC for the Georgia Bulldogs, the two-time defending college football national champions is the new offensive coordinator for the flock so Chantel what do you think the outlook is this year for the Ravens overall well, after that tumultuous year, of course, with Lamar Jackson, the whole contract situation, that is behind them. So now Lamar Jackson, all he has to do is focus on football. And when you actually take a look at the Ravens and the pieces that they've added, now Lamar Jackson has a guy like Zay Flowers. They also added OBJ. So, so he has other targets, and I think it takes off less pressure off of a guy like Mark Andrews. He's going to be fresher in those games. The Ravens, to me, are one of the scariest teams because we know that every mm. team actually has to game plan for a guy like Lamar Jackson last year midway through I think by week six or seven we were talking about him possibly being the MVP then he gets injured so can Lamar Jackson be healthy because that's the biggest question here for the Baltimore Ravens they're going to go as far as Lamar Jackson takes him but the pieces that they've added to this Raven squad makes me think that they're going to have a very successful year only 12 games played each of the past two seasons for Lamar, but he has been healthy other than that in the first three that he played in the National Football League. Jackson, the sixth best priced win the NFL MVP, something he was able to accomplish back in 2019. The number this year, 15 to 1. When you look at the MVP odds, the individual market really mirrors the entire league, Chantel. How competitive the AFC is going to be. Eight of the ten best prices, quarterbacks from the AFC, only two from the NFC. Jalen Hurts, that fifth best number at 12 to 1. Dak Prescott tied for the ninth best price alongside Tua at 16 to 1. So let's focus on the signal caller for the birds. Is Jalen Hurts, Chantel, the best quarterback in the NFC? I think you would have to say that he is this if you think about the season that he had last year right 22 touchdowns only six interceptions the thing about it though can Jalen Hurts do it again because before he had that season everybody was actually talking about whether the fact that he could be a starting quarterback in this league he proved everyone wrong and he was able to do it and when you take a look at Philly they're one of the most complete teams in the league and Jalen Hurts can have a similar season or a little bit of a better season than he had last year there's no doubt about it that he is the best quarterback in the nfc 
and he was an MVP frontrunner up until about week 14, 15 when he got banged up and missed two of the final three regular season games for Philly. But Chantel, your point is incredibly well taken because when you look at Jalen Hurts at this time last year, we were questioning, could he be the guy in Philly entering year number three? Would he be their franchise quarterback? He proved that last year in 2022 on the bird's way to a Super Bowl appearance in an NFC title as well. Chantel Chand, we appreciate your time as always. You got me excited for football for sure. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Of course. Now back to Major League Baseball, a big Tuesday slate. Up next on the morning end. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. An important Tuesday slate around Major League Baseball that is really reflective of this point of the season. Two more series for teams around MLB before the trade deadline looms just one week from today. Who is going to be all in? Who might be able to stack up some wins to become buyers at the deadline and not sell away key players on their roster? For all of that, an assessment around Major League Baseball, Peter Apple joins us live right here on this Tuesday on the morning after. Of course, Peter doing some great work with the Just Baseball show for Just Baseball Media, joining us here on this Tuesday on TMA. Peter, as always, we appreciate the time and the insight. Ben, thanks for having me. Yeah, we were just talking about this weird middle ground post All-Star break, but right before the deadline, it's all rumors and it's all speculation. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to dream. Important, very much so. Important inflection points in the season to get to the all-star break, the unofficial halfway point of a long 162 in MLB. And the trade deadline might be even more important. Your roster solidified for that postseason run, trying to earn a playoff spot or a divisional title. And of course, what it all means for October and maybe into early November. So Peter, a couple of its significant series to start off this week. Yesterday, on Monday, the Houston Astros walk it off at home against their divisional rival, the Texas Rangers. The Rangers still in first place in the American League West, but now only a two-game lead as the Strohs have won five of their last six yesterday in walk-off fashion at home against the Rangers. Game number two today, no starting pitcher listed as of yet for the Rangers, but Peter, how significant is this series this week between these two American League West rivals? Oh, this is an enormous series. I would argue this might be the biggest series of the week, right? This is the Lone Star series. The Astros and the Rangers are only separated by a couple of games. And the Astros are going to use this series to really say, all right, right? JP France, Brandon Belak, Ronel Blanco, even Christian Javier, who threw a no-hitter in the World Series last year. Do we have enough pitching to really stack up against the Texas Rangers mm. and they did in the series before the all-star break getting Jordan back they still need to get Altuve back they need to be a fully healthy unit but they will be extremely active during the deadline but when it's so close in the division and these two are really forming rivalries right now at the moment it's important to see where you stack up so that was a big win by the Astros last night they've really been not big brothering 
right, the Rangers, but right. they have owned this series so far. So it'll be interesting what we see moving forward, but this is big for the deadline. Right now, the Rangers just three and five this year against the Astros. Houston has won the season series up until this point and I think it's a great point because Belak got the start yesterday was okay a ton of offense though Peter between these two teams of course 19 combined runs the total of nine and a half sailing over so Texas currently has that two game advantage for the top spot in the AL West but the odds becoming tighter and tighter that distinction shorter and shorter each and every day the Rangers still an odds on favorite but just a minus 125 number the Strohs now even money plus 100 so Peter here we are one of the final series between these two sides this year but it's just the end of July before the trade deadline at the end of the season come the end of September who wins this division so I already put my money where my mouth is. I bet the Astros to win this division. I didn't get a great number because I bet it back on in the middle of April when these two teams were tied mm. atop the AL West at minus 145. I think the Rangers are playing some of the best baseball that they have ever played maybe in the last half decade. And yeah. the Astros are playing some of the worst baseball. They've been incredibly injured all year. And as you said, it's only separated by a couple of games. We've seen this line be very close no matter how many games the Rangers go above the Astros because I yeah. think when the sports books and we have all these models, when they model out these two rosters when fully healthy, I think the defending champs in the Astros are still seen as the better team, again, when fully healthy. The problem is they haven't been fully healthy and they lost right Luis Garcia. Lance McCullers Jr. will not be here. So the Rangers... But I don't want to disrespect them at all because I think if if you're calling the Astros better than the Rangers, you're calling these two teams the top three teams in the American League. That's why this is such a great yeah. series. But when the Astros make the big move, maybe for an Eduardo Rodriguez from the Detroit Tigers, maybe a Marcus Stroman from the Cubs, maybe a Blake Snell from the Padres, they can. that will be, I think, the separator between these two teams. But, you know... Chris Young at the deadline, he can do he could do well too. So we'll we'll see what happens. A really good point, Peter. I think the projection for Houston as the reigning World Series champs higher than that of Texas, and it's why the odds have remained so close in the division. Texas still has the upper hand there, but elsewhere, the Astros now a shorter price to win the American League just by 10 cents, but a shorter price by a buck and a half in front of the Rangers to win a World Series championship in 2023. Plus 850 for Houston, a 10-to-1 price on Texas. Peter, as you look at the 10 best odds to win a World Series this year, you just had a sensational breakdown from the numbers and a value perspective for where things stand over this stretch run in MLB, and your estimation right here right now ahead of the trade deadline is there value in certain spots for a team to win a world series so at the beginning of the season i invested in two teams that are going in the complete opposite direction i bet on the atlanta braves at plus 750 and that's looking great right now and i also bet on the seattle mariners at plus 2000 that is going the opposite of great right now yeah. so i still do think the braves should be almost by far at this point the favorite to win the entire world series but plus 330 right now there's no value in that but
but I do think that right. they should be bigger favorite than the Dodgers or the Rays or the Astros by a sizable margin, and I don't think the odds even reflect that yet. I think the Braves have been baseball's best team, and they don't even have Max Freed back yet. They don't even have Kyle Wright back yet. Their one issue has been in the bullpen, and this deadline is filled with teams who are willing to get rid of really good bullpen arms. We talk about the Rockies, right, who just had a bullpen game yesterday. They have plenty of guys, as well as the Detroit Tigers. So the Braves are in a class of their own where they really are the only team with no real signs of weakness. But a team with value that I'm seeing in the American League and a team that really hasn't gotten going yet, but you look at a lot of quality of contact numbers, one of baseball's unluckiest offense. You look at how models have weighted out what their wins are versus their expected wins. One of the unluckiest teams is the Toronto Blue Jays, who I think will also be adding at the deadline. So when I see plus 1,700 for the Blue Jays, they really shouldn't be that far behind the Ashers or the Rangers. And I would say the same thing with the Orioles. I think those four teams should be grouped a lot closer than the odds are saying. And I think if the Blue Jays get hot, they can go toe-to-toe with the Astros or the Rangers. So I think the Blue Jays are the best value bet, but I'm still sticking with the Braves. The best team doesn't always win in baseball, but we haven't yeah. seen a team as good as the Braves in a little while. It feels like when they're firing on all cylinders, Atlanta is in a tier of their own. Even the Dodgers have moved up this World Series board, having won 10 of their last 14 games, but still, it feels like Atlanta... Maybe just maybe slightly on its own peg. The Rays have gone the other direction, Peter. They were once the World Series favorites. They were once the favorites to win the American League by a lofty margin. They still are the favorites in the AL somehow, some way. But Tampa in the month of July, just 4-14. Four the Citrus Series, the Sunshine Series, whatever you want to call it, an in-state showdown between the Rays and the Marlins today at the Trop in St. Pete. And the odds still look favorably on Tampa Bay. Tyler Glass now gets the start for the Rays against the Fish. It's a minus 210 price, Peter. The odds expect a resounding win for the Rays. What do you think? Yeah, they do expect a resounding win. You know, I was looking at that line. There's definitely value on the Marlins today, especially when you consider that total, right, of seven and a half. If they think it's going to be a really low-scoring game, it's just a good idea to maybe blindly take the dog. Now, I'm not going to be taking the dog because a guy like Edward Cabrera is just really tough to gauge what he's going to give you. He is a guy with wild command, even command within the Mm. strike zone. It doesn't exactly go to where the catcher sets up. So he's just a tough guy to bet on in general, especially against a Rays team that during this bad stretch has shown at least solid plate discipline. But there's a key stat here with the Rays. In the early parts of the season, they were the number one offense by far against left-handed pitching. In the last Mm -hmm. month or so, and you even extend that out maybe the last 45 days, this has been a bottom five offense against left-handed pitching. So when you go from the best by a wide margin to one of the worst in Major League Baseball, when you're facing a lefty every so often, that's going to be tough too. And then against right-handed pitching, it has come down. I think Glass now, what that line is telling me is that he's going to deliver one of those classic Tyler Glass now starts where he's throwing 99 at the top of the zone, where he's breaking off that curveball where it's almost impossible to square up. So I would potentially look at the under 
because I think the Rays offense is the biggest problem here. It hasn't exactly been their starting pitching outside of, you know, some rough bullpen outings and their young rookie Taj Bradley who hasn't, you know, fully arrived yet. But when Tyler Glasnow was out on the mound at home, it's tough for me to take the dog. But if I were to look at this game, I would look at the under. Tampa now two and a half games back in the American League East as the Orioles got a win yesterday in the opening game of their series, booked as an underdog on the road in Philadelphia. What do the final 59 games of this year hold for the Tampa Bay Rays? This interleague matchup against their in-state foe. Tampa has the second hardest remaining strength of schedule in all of Major League Baseball. All right, Peter, elsewhere around the bigs, an important divisional matchup and series between the Brewers and the Reds we have highlighted it a few times here Milwaukee has Cincy's number this year they have taken nine of the 11 games so far only two more remaining in this final series of the year between these two sides Corbin Burns gets the start for the Brew Crew today they're booked as a greater than a dollar and a half favorite Andrew Abbott on the other side trying to give Cincy some life against their divisional foe Milwaukee walked it off for a victory in game number one Peter what do you anticipate in game number two? So, so I hate taking uh, money line dogs above minus 130. It's just, I think most games are a coin flip in Major League Baseball. I always tend to lean towards the dogs, but this is one of the few times this season I'm taking minus 150 with the Milwaukee Brewers. I put 1.3 units on it. Corbin Burns is pitching at the same level that he was in 2022. His velocity is fully back on all of his pitches. In the month of July, 27 innings, only four earned runs, rocking a 1.33 ERA. He's pitching like vintage Corbin Burns. He's pitching with, you know, the team on his back right now we remember arbitration with corbin burns when he went with the brewers he's pitching like he wants a hundred million dollars that's the level of pitcher that we're seeing right now with him and he historically owns the reds andrew abbott is a good pitcher but he's just not corbin burns i'm taking the brewers minus 150 on the money line today as they continue to big brother the reds Peter Apple from Just Baseball Media breaking down a significant Tuesday around MLB. Peter, we appreciate your time. As always, a sensational job here on TMA. We round out the show with a best bet. Up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together here live on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network. That includes the new SportsGrid app as well. The ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the Apple App Store. Scan the QR code on your screen. In a matter of just a few moments, you have all of our insight and all of our information at the palm of your hand five-star plays around major league baseball i am sure today at the sports grid 
app. It is smarter to be on SportsGrid. Those five-star plays are best bets of sorts. We do the same around Major League Baseball by focusing on one of the hottest pitchers in the bigs just a week out from the MLB trade deadline. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye. Blake Snell has been sensational for San Diego. One of the lowest five ERAs in all of the sport. It's 268. But it hasn't been the best year for the Padres, of course. They're a few games below 500. They lost to the Pirates last night. It hasn't been the best year for Snell in terms of wins and losses. One of the best ERAs in the sport. But he's just 6-8 and eight this year because his team can't pick him up. Take last week, for example, for Blake Snell. Only allowed one earned run. He did have some command issues for the Padres. And yet, he picked up the loss. So we focus only on his opponent's team total under the Pirates team total of three today as Snell tries to show out in San Diego either for the Padres or maybe a further audition for teams around the league ahead of the deadline. And a shout out to one of our guys behind the scenes in Kansas City at LTN, Luke Jenkins, controlling the scenes behind everything here on the morning after our wonderful technical director. A happy birthday to you. You, Luke. That does it for this Tuesday, live right here on the morning after. We're back tomorrow on a Wednesday, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow.